Today on The Breakdown, we have something special. It's a very special episode of The Breakdown where someone will die. And it's not going to be me, and there's only two of us, so do the math, people. But also, we have two of the top six players on the GPI, the Global Poker Index, clashing in a $300,000 buying event. That's right, it's William Alex Foxen against Sean Winter. Numbers five and six on the GPI. And they're going to play a hand on day one of the $300,000 buy-in Super High Roller Bowl that just completed a few, maybe a week or two ago now. And first place, $3 million. Second place, a set of steak knives. Third place, a million dollars. <laughs> so it's really unlucky to finish second. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is still day one. There's still players. They're going to be deeper than sometimes you get in some of the tournament hands we do. And these guys are two of the absolute best. There's going to be levels upon levels. This is going to be like that time when Kramer tried to build that thing in his apartment. And he made that bet with Jerry. It's going to be like that, except funnier. And it's going to be right now in the breakdown. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Lee. Hey. First time, no rehearsal. I think he just claimed he was going to build levels. And Jerry, and Jerry was like, you're never going to build levels. They made a bet, and Kramer then didn't want to pay it because he said, I decided not to do it. And Jerry said, that was the bet. And Kramer won't pay it because he's like, well, no, I decided not to do it. So, of course, Jerry's like, that's what I bet you. I bet you that you weren't going to do it. And he's like, no, but I changed my mind. You know, and it's, it's yeah. like that. No, that, that was the whole, okay. the whole premise. Seinfeld historian over here. I mean, I know my gambling, my gambling media, bro. Okay, name one other piece of gambling the media. The Card Counter. Suck it! Starring Oscar Isaac and Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> yeah. Also with Willem Dafoe and Ty Sheridan. Uh, written directed by Paul Schrader. I could go on. Produced by Martin Scorsese. Do I need to keep talking? Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> Got about halfway through it. Oh, you watched it? I watched half of it. And it wasn't It was liking. fine. That's all. Also, there were a few poker things that were wrong. And I'm like, Joe Stapleton, how did you let this happen? You well, know, at one point, Oscar Isaac is replaying a hand to someone else who's a pro poker player also. And he says, the hand goes check, raise, re-raise, re-raise. I'm like, nope. Well, there's no raise. That's a bet. And you would know that. You would never no pro poker, pro poker player in the world would say, it goes check, raise. Yeah. You know? Like as in one guy checks, the other guy raises. Like, never. Nope. Like, how did that get through? And there was like just a, two or three other really small things like that that happened. Most of it's pretty right on, of course, all the gambling stuff. It's just kind of dour and slow, and I was like, I'm not interested. I'm out. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, there's a little bit. You asked about gambling media? I gave you some gambling media. More gambling media. Tilt. Tilt. The, the TV show Tilt from ESPN starring Michael Madsen. Yeah, 2008-ish, something like that. Yeah, even a little earlier, I think. And that guy, Eddie, who was also the star of that ABC show Invasion, uh, which only lasted one season. I have um, no idea what that is. Oh, that's by, of course, the guys who did Rounders, and now the main guy who does Billions. Uh, he, we had a little Twitter conversation with him. Oh, Brian Koppelman? That's correct. Yeah. Um, so there's another piece of gambling media for you. I could, I could do this all day, so don't even... All right, let's don't, stop. Don't push me. Let's stop. You're pushing me. We're going to stop. Okay. All right, yes. We're going to talk about some good players here. By the way, top six GPI players, five of them... Pretty well-known. Sean Winter, Alex Foxen, Shannon Shore, Joe McKeon, Ali Imsirovich. I'm surprised Shannon Shore is in there. Yeah, well, he's played all the big buy-in stuff lately. Huh. Uh, so I think that's helped him. But uh, number four, Adam Hendricks. Never heard of him. Don't know. Is Jimmy Hendricks' uh, grandson? Or they just bump him up a lot of points because of the, the Hendricks Classic family name. nepotism in poker. It always happens. For Jim, the Hendricks family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know who Adam Hendricks is. I'm sure if I clicked on him, I'd learn more, but I'm not going to do that No, right why would now. we learn when we could decide not to learn? Also, that, this way it gives our listeners or folks on Twitter, or both, a chance to write some really patronizing tweets to us about how dumb we are for not knowing who Adam Hendricks is. How about is. doing it on Discord instead? Yeah, really. Get in there. Get you some Discord. Yeah, get, you got to get you some <laughs> Discord. There is a link to our Discord server in the show notes. You should join because that's where we uh, post these hands when we talk about them. Jonathan and I are in there along with the rest of the community that's joined Discord. Yep. It also will have a full solver write-up by Danny Sprung, who's doing the solver work for this hand. Of course, we have not seen the solver work yet. We always blind ourselves to that until we are finished with our analysis so it does not taint us in any way. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that at the end of the show. We'll review the solver work. That'll be great fun, as it always is. 
But yeah, come on Discord. We have a lot of fun on there. We, we put the hands there. We do general poker talk. You can post hands that you've played there for review and critique from us and other people. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. It's a good time. Get on Discord. All right. This hand was suggested on Discord, by the way. Oh. By Breck. Breck. That sounds like the, um, the guy from the Space Ghost Coast to Coast talk show who was the uh, accordion keyboard player alien on the side who was like the Paul Schaefer. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> No, his, I, if I don't know if his name was Breck, but it should be based on how he looks. Anyone who's got you know an internet connection and the ability to do this without crashing their car, look him up right now. Who I'm talking about? You'll be like, "Yep, that looks like a Breck." All right, maybe it's that guy. Maybe it is. Anyway, and, good job, Breck. So there's also a place to suggest hands on Discord. You could oh, do that. Yes. Um, we'd like it if you did that. You could also suggest on Twitter. We're the Poker Guys on Twitter. This is from day one of this year's Super High Roller Bowl with all of those fancy Adamo hands that everybody's talking oh, about all the time. Boy, have we gotten a lot of Adamo suggestions lately. Yeah. We're going to do a lot of them, too. We've yeah. done a few. But We've done a few, but we'll, we're going to do more. Yeah. Um, this hand does not have Adamo. What? It does have Alex Foxen, Sam Sovereign, everybody's least favorite high roller, and, <laughs> uh, and Sean Winter, who... Sean Winter is a bit enigmatic to me. He feels like one of... He, he's part of the high roller community, for sure. He's been around there since the Alpha 8s, even. He yep. was playing in those... But he's always felt like kind of like the zig to the zag of the high rollers. He always seems like he has, he's kind of mercurial. He's kind of this guy that like you expect has this, at least I expect has this like group of Matthew friends that are trying to break the game in the background. And he makes plays differently than other people do. I mean, what I'm saying is clearly wrong. But if you would, if I, before I knew Sean Winter was the number six player on GPI and you said, what's his global poker index rating? I'd be like, I don't know, 500, 1,000. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he was, so dominant. Like right. I would say like, have I ever seen him win a tournament? I'm sure he's won lots of tournaments. I've never seen one, you know, like, uh, uh like, you know, on TV or anything right. like that. I've seen him playing them. I've never seen him win them. I don't think I usually see him finish second in these tournaments. I don't see him making plays that we, we've done maybe one breakdown on his ever with him, you know? So it's just interesting that who cares? Guess what? He's number, he's number six on the list. Like in, well, I think, I think this hand kind of lines up conceptually with what I'm oh cool referring to in that, like, it all starts with one decision, but that decision leads to other decisions that all feel like stuff that you wouldn't really see most of the other super high roller people do. Cool. They're just like, that's just different. It's just a different part of the range to do it with, and you're doing it for maybe different reasons, maybe the same reasons ultimately, but you're messing with the dials in a, a little bit. And that's kind of always the vibe I've gotten from Sean Winter. He's like not going to huh. go with the, the same plays that all the other super high huh. rollers are going to go with. Haven't gotten that vibe, but I, have, I also don't know what happens in this hand, and I haven't seen a lot of Sean Winter playing. By the way, just one other interesting thing from the GPI. Yeah. Number 26 currently, Jacob Daniels. Jake Daniels. How about that? Yeah. So maybe we have not been giving him enough credit. Maybe. Or maybe just this is a function of playing at all these high buy-in events lately. Who knows? I mean, obviously he is likely to be tough to play against based on his style and stuff. Yeah. The most recent Jake Daniels hand we did was the one against Jesse Sylvia where... Yeah. Us, the whole world, and all the solvers thought he made a mistake. Yes. So it's, I mean, I think he might be, if, if Jake Daniels is actually good, then he's on the bleeding edge of aggression and looseness to the point where probably sometimes he's stepping over the edge, but that's, that's the price you pay for being on the bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. So that would be the case if he were actually truly good. If that's true. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, back to this hand. All right, back to this hand. Alex Foxen, somehow, unknown to me, has already accumulated quite a few chips He's got 1.8 million at the 5K, 10K level. The second biggest stack at the table is under a million. Really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, anyway, he's, he's going to be in the hijack. He's going to open with Ace Jack of Diamonds. Okay. Uh, to 22K. Seems fine. Yes. I love how Alex Foxen is playing this hand so far. <laughs> he's Alex Foxen. He plays hands well. He, he mostly does, yeah. He does. Sam Sovereign is in the small blind. We've talked about it before, but... He's a, not a liked player in the high roller community. People think he angles and stuff. Yes, there's a lot. At least a lot of the players do, for sure. Yeah, for sure. He is tolerated. <laughs> uh, I don't know. And then th- I'm, there may be lots of people in the high roller community who like him as well. I don't know. But certainly, when he's made plays that people have thought were angles, like a lot of very famous people, Ike Haxon being one of the most obvious ones, have come out and really said not nice things about him. Yeah. So Sam Savrol, everyone. But. Also, top GPI guy, top 20 GPI guy right now. Yeah, wasn't there a thing where... So the angle was like he was trying to influence somebody to fold in a three-way hand in a major ICM tournament spot. No, he's trying to influence someone to call. To call, that's... Yeah. He opened under the gun. There was a shove. Then the big blind was thinking. There were three... I think they were only four-handed. And uh, 
And when the big blind threw out a time card, Sam Soverell threw his hand away to make the big blind know they didn't have to worry about Sam Soverell. If that's to be believed, yeah. that, that's that's the narrative that people like Ike Haxton believe very strongly mm-hmm. um, and believe he's done that many times. Yeah, and I think at that time, Scott Seaver, I think it was, yes, chimed in I think so. and said, like, yeah, I've, I know Sam Soverell, whenever he gets changed tables to always, like, see if he's going to be the big blind suit and really not know how to find his table yeah. until he realizes he won't be the big blind anymore. Yeah. Like, those little tiny angle type things that you wouldn't really expect out of a super high roller. You really wouldn't. But right. he's trying to push every edge he can. He's a top 20 GPI player. He's like, yeah. Screw all you people. Yeah, I guess. Fine. Yeah. Do you. And what he's going to do is going to call out of the small blind with 331K and Queen Jack off. Hmm. What do you think? I guess he thinks Foxen is opening a lot, but thinks they're so deep. Maybe just maybe just this he's is not function. so deep. He's 33 blinds deep. Yeah, that seems. Yeah, you're right. 33 blinds deep just can't. I can't justify it, man. But he's Sam Savrel. He knows what he's doing. And yes. he's not just doing this because he feels like it. He's got reasons. So maybe this is, this is just barely good enough. Yeah. I'm surprised it is. I wouldn't think it would be. Out of position, 33 blinds deep. Fox and in position, you're also inviting the big blind in. I don't know why we're doing it. If we're suited, you, could, you can make a reasonable case. Yeah. I just don't. I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I would here. default to a three better or a fold. Yeah. I think I'd mostly just fold. It's yeah. early enough in the tournament. Like, Fox is not folding much when he's this deep. Like, why, why make a big play at him? Who cares? Yeah. That's, that'd be my thought. But, you know, he's probably right and we're probably wrong about what... I, I yeah. think you are correct. That yeah. Savril could sit here and be like, you idiots, it's this and this and this. We're like, oh, okay, Sam. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably an angler, but yeah. Yeah. Also, you're certainly right about this. All right. Let's get to the enigmatic Sean Winter in the big blind. Yes. This is the type of thing I'm talking about. He's got oh, queen, cool. queen 10 off, Queen of Spades 10 of Diamonds, and 600K. And he's just going to go ahead and three bet to 100K. Which is just like not what you see people doing at all. Yeah. Ever. I wonder if this is a function of the call in the small blind. Certainly that is likely to be a factor. Still, closing the action, this just feels like so easy to put 12K in and see a flop. Yeah. And that's what I think most players in the world who are good players would default to. But I'm wondering because if... um, I agree with you. But I'm wondering if because specifically Savril has 33 blinds and he just calls there and he just thinks Savril's going to three bet almost all of his strong hands. Yeah. That he's like, the best hand you have here is king, queen, and you're probably even three betting that a lot. So I can just, I can just put pressure on you. And as long as I can get this through Fox, I should be able to get through you too. Okay, these are all fair points, but yeah. these are like 2008 thoughts. It's yes. like um, range isn't a thing. Why would I think about range? I'm just thinking about these thoughts instead of range. Yeah, we have like, 60 blinds. We, we can cost us almost nothing to see a flop with a, with a good hand to see a flop right. with. Right, like if those thoughts are fine to have, but then you have to assign a range to capitalize on them with. And queen mm-hmm. 10 off doesn't seem like it would usually be a piece of that. It's hard to argue. It's hard yeah. to argue. So this is what I'm talking about. Like, do you think he's trying to be the most depolarized guy or something? Like, what is he trying to do? This has got to be a bluff. You can't expect to get called by a worse hand. No, you, you can't. But Jack 10 suited. But it's a hand that hand if, that you, do get, you. if you do get called, suited. this hand can flop decently well. Sure, but that's true about a lot of hands. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a better, there are better hands than this that flop decently well that are also weakish, right? Yeah. Like Queen 10 suited, for example, flops better. For sure. Like, you have a lot more continues on turns. Okay. What's your theory on why Winter is doing it with this hand? Um, my theory is that he blocks some of the kinds of hands that uh, Foxen is opening with that can continue, i.e. pocket tens, pocket queens, and ace queen. And it's not great blockers, but that's something. I mean, that means he's doing that with way too many hands. Yep. If, if he thinks those are meaningful blockers, it's way too much. Well, agreed, but maybe it's a situ- situation that just almost never comes up where Savrel's going to flat with 33 blinds in the small blind. Maybe. You know? Um, so maybe he just doesn't have to, he's just like, it doesn't matter. Like this doesn't, this never happens. It's not going to, it's not repeatable. So I can, so I can take this and take my shot as long as I get this through Alex. And maybe he knows Fox and Fox and with this big stack, maybe he's opening a lot. Maybe that wouldn't be surprising. Um, and so as a result, maybe he thinks like I can get this through Alex a lot. And that means I can get this through Savrel a lot. Cause I was just going to three bet most of his strong hands here. That's all I got. I don't think it's a great answer. No. It's the best answer I have. Yeah. I think uh, this probably isn't it. You know, probably we're not going to figure out what the guy who's the sixth-ranked GPI player and is playing (laughs) differently than everybody else is doing differently. Yeah. But 
it might be some version of like the Vanessa Selbst, uh, Jesse Sylvia final table coaching of like do stuff with the opposite hands that you're supposed to do. Like do it with queen 10 off instead of with ace four suited. Call with ace four suited and three by with queen 10 off in this spot because it's the opposite of what they would expect. I mean, I guess I'd rather do that with hands that are worse than queen 10 off. I'd rather do it like seven, six suited than if we're going to do something like this, you know, um, which, but again, that, that's, you would expect that a little bit more than you would expect queen 10 off. Okay. But I mean, you can take that to a pretty bad conclusion pretty quickly, right? You know this, of yeah. course, you know, this is not, there's a, a reason people don't do this right. with, with all of their hands. And Vanessa, Vanessa was mostly talking about doing this post flop, not yeah. pre flop, right? Which is like about C betting with the hands you're choosing to C bet with and not so that way they right. screws up all of like Merson's ranging of him and stuff, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I, I was just trying to make an analogy to what type of thinking it might be I coming from. That. Yeah, no, that's fair. That would be neat if that's what he's doing. I mean, probably you have to do a little bit against these guys, right? You can't do the straightforward thing that's even if it's super sophisticated that all of them understand right. all you the can't, time. You can't just do solver perfect three betting ranges because that's not... What's the point of even playing in these tournaments if that's what you're going right, to do? Right, now we're going to break even against everyone yeah. because we're assuming they're going to be perfect back or nearly perfect back, uh, as, as good as humans can be, whatever. Yeah. And we're just going to lose money to the rake or, or we're going to all break even and cost ourselves a lot of time. Yeah. What's the point of that? Play a high variance break even game? Who cares? Right. Yeah. So it's got to be more to it than that. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to figure out why he chooses right. to do this very unorthodox thing. Agreed. But I mean, it has a great chance to work when he makes it 100K over 22. Yes. It does. Now, Alex has a hand that he's going to have to call with, I think. Yeah. East Jack of Diamonds. If Winter had 300K instead of 600K, do you think Foxen would fold or shove? Oh, that's good. Um, so that means if so, if. If Winter has 300K, he's got 15 blinds? No, 30. Oh, because we're at 10K, not 20K. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, he might fold, I think, yeah, for, thir- for th- if he's got 30 blinds. He might just have to fold it. Yeah. I don't know what Al- Alex is pretty sticky. Yeah. So maybe Alex just calls anyway. He's like, I'm in position. It's good enough. But I would probably just default to folding this hand when someone's got 30 blinds and, and makes it 10, 10Xs here. You know? Yeah. Instead of also because a lot of people are shoving thirty blinds here, like a lot. Yeah, I'd want, I'd feel more comfortable calling Ace Jack for the shove than for the ten blinds. Mm. Ten blinds feel stronger. Yeah, sure it does. Either way, we don't know what Winter would have done had yeah. he had thirty blinds. He has sixty. So with sixty, do you think it's mandatory for Fox in the call? Yeah, I guess I do. His hand's just like too good. He's in position. He's Alex Fox, and I don't see how he can fold his hand. He's and there's so many bad hands in this field against these players, right? Yeah, where, exactly. Like if you're playing day one of the main event, and this situation comes up, you can probably fold Ace Jack suited in position to the ten blind re-raise. I mean, if you're if you're like four hundred blinds deep, you really can't. Though. Well, true. So that's part of it. Okay, if you're day two of the main event, there you go. Yeah, now you can fold. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, it feels like it's probably too good against these guys to to fold. Is four betting an option here? Oh, cool question. Uh, the only problem with four betting is this hand feels like such the perfect calling hand. Like, there's a few perfect calling hands. This is, feels like one of them. You if know? it was ace jack off, would it be four better fold? I think it would be more so anyway. Yeah. I'd lean to maybe, maybe these guys are wide enough and Winter has enough bluffs here that we can even call with ace jack off sometimes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we are in position and these guys can be wide. It feels to me like ace-jack suited is like such... Like, I really worry about game theory disaster spots. We're not folding out ace-queen, I don't think, with a four-bet very often. Maybe, maybe maybe we can fold that ace-queen with a four-bet. You're effectively asking, do you want to get 60 blinds yeah. in your whole tournament in with ace-queen? But we're Alex Fox in, and maybe he's like, sure. Yeah, Alex, maybe he is. I'm not, I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Um, it's not obvious to me. Certainly, ace-10 isn't continuing. Right. So I, I don't know that it's a great spot. When we get to play poker in position, it's be a little bit, not deep stack, but... A little deep stack. I mean, whatever. It's a three to one stacked pot. It's not a great spot, uh, right? With yeah. with winter's sixty blinds or now fifty blinds, so it's two and a half to one even. But it feels like we just. I just think we have to call. I do too. There is the rare scenario where Savrol was hoping for this to happen and, mm. and rejams and winter folds his bluff, and you have to call two hundred thirty one more k because yes. you would absolutely have to call. Of course you do. Yeah, and you're like, well, well, there goes twenty seven percent. Yeah, you know, like at least twenty seven percent. Yeah. So but that's, that seems like a rare scenario. Yeah. feels unlikely. So I, I think um, in 2008, people would be really worried about that scenario and fold because of it in Fox mm. and Seat. And I think today people would not be as worried about that scenario. Also, I feel like in Fox and Seat, they would also in 2008, like just jam a lot here. Just like because. Yeah. yeah. Just because. Right. Which is, which would work. 
but feels bad. Yes. Anyway, Fox ultimately calls with the ace jack of diamonds, okay. and Sam Sarville folds. Cool. Sam Sarville's like, well, that's 22000 I could have kept, or 17000 I could have kept in my stuff. Could have angled somebody with that. <laughs> I had so many angles for that seventeen k, and now yeah. I have to find angles for these other chips. It's so sick. It's so, I hate how The life happens. of Sam Sarville. You don't have to live that life on nitrogen. No, you don't. You can live your life, wow. your best life. Ooh. You know how you achieve best lifeness? Tell me. Positive expected value. Sure. You know how you achieve positive expected value? Yeah. Okay, how? You play on the Nitrogen Monthly Poker Guys Tournament. And how do you do that? You sign up using the link in the show notes, and then you play it. You, put, you pay one-tenth of a millibit, which these days is like $5, and you play it, and they put all this extra free money in, and everybody's happy. And you get all this extra expected value. Extra expected value. Because it's a guaranteed <laughs> overlay, which... I mean, it, it sounds like I'm saying guaranteed overlay, and I don't mean the guaranteed right. part. But I do. I mean the guaranteed part, because their guarantee is, is an extra 40% of the cap of players that they can actually enter into the tournament. So they're, Minimum. They're guaranteeing to, to put 40% extra money in the pot. Maybe we should call it the automatic overlay tournament. The automatic overlay. Like That's that. a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. Not a sustainable business model, but it sure has been sustained by nitrogen for a long time. Yeah, so. they're doing fine. Yeah, they're, they make money other ways, I guess. They lose money to you guys doing this. They make money other ways. So just do this. Yeah, just do this. But money. if you want to, you can mess around with their sports betting, of course. Their I casino do. games. There's lots of other fun stuff to do on nitrogen. I like the sports betting. Of course. It's good stuff. Yeah. Got an NFL survivor pool that you can no, no longer enter. But, you know, the people who used the link when they signed up initially got access to a free NFL survivor pool that has real money rewards. Indeed. So uh, stuff like that happens all the time. All the time. Get on nitrogen. Get you some poker. Get you some poker. Alex Winter. Alex Winter. The winds of Alex Winter. That's, that's not his name. It's Sean Winter. Alex Fox and uh, Sean Winter. Damn it. Here we are. Heads up. Winter, the three better with the unconventional queen 10 off out of the big blind. Alex Foxen with ace jack of diamonds in position. 232K in the pot. Okay. Here's one of the things that can happen when you three bet with queen 10. The flop is ace of hearts, 10 of spades, six of spades. Yep. What the hell do you do? What's the plan? I think we check. Okay. Like, we can check. There's a bunch of hands we can check here that are including this one, that are reasonably showdownable and aren't going to fold, that aren't just give-ups, right? Like bad aces, pocket kings, pocket queens. Uh, there's not that much to worry about from here on out, like for the turn card. Like a king and a jack isn't great, but does make us does give us a, a gut shot. Yeah. Um, a queen is good. Um, I don't know. I feel like we're supposed to check a lot. What I can you- understand betting too, but because it's our board, but it's what also you, Alex's uh- board. How do you arrange Alex Foxen? Wow. Um, middle, medium pocket pairs, uh, suited Broadway. Do you think, you don't think like the same hand as us though, not Queen 10, probably folds that. If he has Queen 10 off, I suited. think he, oh yeah, sorry, Queen 10 suited. I think he even folds that, I yeah. think. But Queen Jack, King Queen, King Jack, you Suited, expecting. yeah. Ace 10, probably suited. S- for sure. A little bit of pocket aces, pocket kings. Type hands, too. A little bit, but mostly not. Yeah. Deuces? Um, you, no, I guess yeah. not. I guess he can't have... He's got to have, like, sevens or better or something like something that. Something like that. Maybe sixes or better. Yeah. Can't just be to flop a set, right? He can't call it just to flop a set. He's not getting the odds. Yeah. He knows that. Yeah. So... Uh, sixes is a set anyway now. But, yeah, but, like, sixes, sevens. Maybe it's sevens plus. Sevens, which are just good enough. Maybe. You just sort of feel like you can't fold them. Maybe. Okay. So with that being his range, we want to check and hope he checks back. Um, we want to check. We're okay if he puts in a small bet and we call, but we don't want to see lots of action here, right? Is it easier just to bet? I'm wondering. It's definitely easier, yeah. right? Because we get a lot of information. Mm-hmm. By checking, we, we open ourselves up to having lots of tough decisions, but we also keep all his bluffs alive, or much more, I should say, more bluffs alive by checking, right? Like, where he may feel obligated to take some shots. With hands like? Uh, Pocket sevens. Okay. Um, Or unpaired Broadway hands, like king-queen, king-jack suited, stuff like that, which are gut shots, and he's like, well, am I just going to check and try and get there? Probably not. I'm Alex Foxen. 
<laughs> Probably not if Alex Fox. I mean, you don't think Alex Foxen thinks that way? Of course he does. He he asks himself lots of questions, and the answer is pretty much always blah blah blah. I'm Alex Foxen. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. What, what would what would Alex Foxen do here? Well, since I am Alex Foxen, I guess I should do it. That kind of a thing. Okay. That's a reasonable way to make decisions in the world. I guess so. Okay, Mister Patronizing. <laughs> I kind of want to bet. I think it's. Yeah. E- I just think it's so much easier. It is a million times easier to bet here. If you had kings, would you want to bet? A little bit less. I like blocking a set of tens. I think that's pretty important. Okay, that's true. Um, but there's I think, more vulnerable cards. I think we can check call a lot more comfortably with kings because Foxen may bet hands like jacks and queens for equity denial. Yep, and he also may even bet a 10 for the same reason to start with. Yeah. Like once. Yeah. I, I, think, I think they're both sticky, bad situations. Yeah. I think it's possible that based on... Three betting the ten blinds out of position. Maybe we're supposed to bet this board with everything anyway. Yeah, maybe we just are just because of it being our board. I mean, that's the question. If like, if you want to bet this hand, you want to bet kings, for example. Yeah. The question is, what are we checking, right? And maybe maybe we don't have checks. Maybe we're just always betting, and maybe that's the easiest answer. Yeah, I think it probably is. That's fine. And uh, a small bet seems to make a lot of sense. No doubt. That's what Winter goes with. He bets forty eight k. Okay. I, wow, that's really small. Yeah, forty eight into two thirty two. I, I like it. I, yeah. think it's, I think it's good. I think it's great. We're going to fold out two nines and stuff. Yeah, which is fine. We're happy to take the pot at this point. Maybe, maybe we don't fold out two nines, by the way, but like nines can call once, right. max. So It's just a spot where like we're going to have to make plans as we go in this hand and mm-hmm. adjust as we go based on the cards and anything we can try to glean off of Foxen, right? Yeah. Which it's going to be tough, but these fields are tough, so we've got to put ourselves in these spots sometimes. And the truth is we are check calling anyway. Like We're yeah. not going to check fold. For one bet, right? So, so like betting is probably makes like you're saying it just makes it easier. And we can bet fold with this hand and be perfectly happy about it. Yeah, I mean, what are we losing to pocket sixes and ace ten? Pocket tens. There's one combo yeah. of them, but we, we are blo- losing to it. But we blocked the combo draws with the queen of spades. So, oh, that's a good that's, point. That's problematic. Yeah, there obviously are some, but that's a pretty key blocker yeah. card. Okay. Yeah, okay, I think we should bet fold since we have the Queen of Spades in our hands. All right, fair enough. I like this. I think this is the, the best play. All right. So Winter does bet 48K. Okay. I, I like the sizing. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Foxen can't do anything but call, right? Seems obvious like, to me. I have ace-jack. I have no backdoor flush draw, and there's no reason to race. I am losing to pocket tens. I'm losing to ace-10. I am losing to ace-king. I'm losing to ace-queen. I'm losing to pocket sixes. I'm losing to ace-six suited. But I have an obvious call. And I'm losing to pocket aces, of course. Of course. Yeah. So Foxen calls. Makes plenty of sense. 328K in the pot now. The turn is the four of clubs. Okay. Pretty and chill card. It's pretty rare to be in a spot like this for you or I, but, but Sean Winter is here. Now, now you're in hell, right? You're just like, okay, what do I do now? I mean, I think we're supposed to check. Just give up? It's over? Well, we, a lot of time when we check, Alex is going to check back. What are we ranging Fox Net now? Um. I think when we bet that small on the flop, he can have all pocket. He can have a lot, all pairs. I don't think okay. he's holding any pair on the flop. He's got some spades. Uh, he probably is calling with all his gut shots too. He is okay. In fact, so I think and if, so. There you go. I think that's what we're arranging. So basically, all draws and all pairs. Okay, but no sets and two pairs. Or not a lot of them, at least. Not a lot. A little bit, probably, but not a lot. So, Mostly, he's going to raise that. So we've removed a little bit of the peak of his range by. By, a little bit. By seeing him not raise the flop. Yeah, a little bit. Like, he also doesn't have very many, like you were saying, big combo draws because he didn't raise the flop. Like, he can just call with, like, king, jack of spades, but he's going to raise that a lot. Is the plan to check fold if he bets? Oh, man, I guess so because we have the queen of spades in our hand. So is, once again, betting the better course of action for basically the same reasons, including now that we remove a lot of the very strongest hands from his range? I mean, I don't know. I mean... Like, it's okay to check fold what is often the worst hand. Yes, but let's t- talk about his one-pair hands. Okay. Like, is he going to be able to hold on for, for three streets with his one-pair hands against our line? Well, the only one-pair hands that we have a problem with are aces and, yeah. like, maybe jacks. Uh-huh. Probably, no, he's probably just going to re-raise. No, maybe he's going to call it jacks. But, like, I think everything else is a four-bet or we're ahead of. So we don't, like, really, it's just the aces, right? We don't have to worry about jacks too much. Do you think, what do you think his worst aces that he calls with pre-flop? That's a great question. Does he have ace-x suited is really yeah. the question, right? Um, I don't think he does. I think he folds those. Okay. That's my belief. Do you agree? I'm not sure. 
Yeah, me either. We've seen him make some really sticky calls. Yeah. Post-flop, but still sticky, super sticky. So he just does not believe people. Maybe, but maybe he's forbetting those, those ace-five suited instead of calling with them. Also. Well, let's think about the, the aces that he most obviously has. Okay. It feels like ace-jack suited is the most obvious one. That one is super straightforward because there's a 10 on board, and we have a 10 also. We block a lot of the ace-tens. Right. Ace-queen ace- off, do you think? Yes. I think, I, I think he, he might has. be forbetting that sometimes, but i got to believe he's got that a lot. Yeah. No, pretty much no ace-king, pretty yeah. much no ace-nine off. Can he have ace-nine suited? It feels like you should fold that. I think he should. Yeah. Okay, so it's really ace-jack, ace-ten, ace-queen. Yeah. Okay. Those are the real aces he's got. Should we be targeting the ace-jacks and ace-queens to try to fold them out eventually because we have a significant range advantage? I mean, if we're, if we're going to target that, we better make a three-street plan because I, I know enough about Alex Fox and I think he ain't folding the turn with ace-jack. Yeah, I think it's a three-street plan, and I think it's an easy three-street plan uh, on spades and, and on non-spades because we have the queen of spades. Hmm. Um... Foxen's pretty sticky. Are we he sure is. this is going to work? No. <laughs> like, is this the right target? Is this the right, meaning as a villain? Is this the right villain to do this against? There's no, there's not many good villains in this field. That's true. But, you know, Foxen was the number one GPI player for like two and a half years straight and is still in the top five. Like, even, um, even among the, the bad choices in this field, he may, be a, he may be a really tough one. I don't think so. I think at this point, it doesn't really we're matter. just talking about all the same yeah. level of difficulty. I mean, there's definitely going to be a few whales in here, but not enough to, yeah. like, I mean, we, I, look, my inclination is not to say, like, you know what? Let's just go for a big three-street bluff here just because. Like, that's what it feels like we're doing. Why did we choose to do any of this? I don't really know. Because why we're different. We, why, are we, why would we continue on the turn? We bet we got called. We can check call if it's small. We can check fold if it's big. Hopefully, it goes check, check. We can try and play a small pot and see if we win. Like, try and get to showdown as cheap as possible. That would be a normal way to do this, right? It wouldn't be like, I'm just going to turn my second pair into a huge bluff that's almost certainly going to have to be three streets if I'm losing. By the way, if I'm winning, I'm going to fold them out almost always on the turn. Not exactly. It's almost a game theory disaster spot betting the turn. Now, again, we're doing it to set up, I understand, yeah. uh, the, the river bluff, but like, we haven't put that many chips in this pot yet. We don't have to do this. We still have a stack. I know, but that's not how these guys think. Yeah. And then they probably benefit from not thinking that way. Right. You know? Maybe. Yeah. You know, if everyone's thinking the way I just described, though, sitting... Oh, no, sorry. Thinking not the way I just described. Thinking more like this crazy, like... Then it feels like we're back in 2008 EPT. Everyone's crazy all the time mode. And you just sit back and have value and let them bluff you like crazy. Well, this is why... To me, Sean Winter is so mercurial. Yeah. And I think the reason that you and I, and it feels like particularly you, are struggling with like how to deal with this or struggling with the idea of even being in this hand yeah. is that he chose this hand to do it with yes. pre-flop. Because yes. if he had a more traditional range, we would have better ideas of what we're expecting to happen in the future. We'd have a much clearer plan. This yeah. hand is like, we have a terrible hand we do it with, and then we, we have 7-6 suited, for example, and we do it with, and now 7-5 seven, seven, suited, yeah. whatever. Um, we have no pair. We have seven high. We're like, well, it's, it's clear we're going to give up or we're going to take another really big swing, and that's it. Yeah. Like, but here, we have really good reasons to not continue to put chips in the pot. Like, if Alex has two nines, it might go check, 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 and we don't have to bluff at all, you know, not put ourselves in this weird game theory disaster spots and just win the pot. Like, that's cool. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a really good outcome. That's probably the best outcome. But that's not what's going to happen, I guess. No. I can tell. No, it's, by your whole demeanor. I mean, I think it's a really tricky spot once we're here. Yeah, it's not tricky. It's only tricky if you want to be fancy, right? Yeah, it's not tricky at all. You check. That's the not tricky, very straightforward play here. I don't know if that's correct, though. Okay, that's fair. Um, I, I I recognize that we have a strong range advantage here, especially at the top end mm-hmm. against Alex Fox, and that's important. Our hand is good sometimes, but I think that's pretty rare. It's uh, it's less like really? yeah. We bet forty eight k on the flop. Why aren't we good a lot? I guess I disagree. I mean, because Alex called pre flop. There's not that many hands. I mean, all the pocket pairs sevens plus. He's got gutters. He has he has tens that are actually worse than ours. Just a few, admittedly. But he probably has nine tens suited and jack ten suited. Maybe there aren't there aren't many. Maybe we get two tens are out. So, so there aren't that many of those. I'm concerned about the gutters. If yes, like I don't That's want true. I don't want them to draw for free. Also, if we check. Alex he's is probably betting those. betting those. He is betting And those. he's probably not betting tiny on I the agree. turn. And we're just going to fold the best hand. This is true. This is true. That's not great. 
we block flush draws, so there's not as many hands that can just YOLO raise the turn. Can we check call this hand? How many better hands is Alex actually betting for value on the turn if we check? I think he might be betting ace-queen, potentially uh-huh. ace-queen. Yep, I, I think he is. He might check ace-jack. He might. Um, ace-queen plus, but there isn't that much plus out there. Yeah. Maybe this is a check call. If we think he's going to bet all the gutters and only ace-queens... Well, that's not the case. We have a queen in our hand. Obviously, we're wrong, then. It's Alex Foxen. He's going to be more balanced than that. But the idea is that he's got... A, okay, you're right. But he's going to have a lot of checks here, is what it seems like. Okay. And but we're losing to a lot of those checks. Um, we are, but maybe he can't... Maybe he feels like he actually can't bluff too much on this board. Although I think he would bet... I, I mean, he's going to have to bet some of his gutters, right? Yeah. He just has to. You can't call in position to check back the turn no, with the gutter in the spot. You just can't. I don't know. We have a range advantage. We block a set of tens, which is his most likely set. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, sixes might not even be there. He might fold that preflop. That might be below the threshold, you know? Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. We also block a ten suited, which is his only two-pair combo. Uh, that's true as well. So he's pretty capped based on all of this. With, yeah. with our unlimited range as the hmm. preflop three better out of the big blind. Yeah. And a hand that is going to lose at showdown at least a fair amount of the time. Yep. Okay, so the argument is it's just, once again, it's easier to play by betting is really what you're saying. Not exactly that. It's also that we have some good outcomes that can happen by betting. Like, we're probably not going to fold out an ace on the turn, but if we decide that the river card's a good one to go for it on, we still have all of those same things working for us, mm-hmm. including blocking flush draws coming in and blocking flush draws if the flush card does come in. Like... I think we can go for it on the river with, with some frequency, and it's going to be successful with some frequency. We actually get to win the hand sometimes, whereas checking, I think we often don't. Let me just take a moment, though. If we can get out of the fact that this is Sean Winter doing this and leave this behind and say, this is a hand that one of your coaching clients brought to you and said, so yeah. I had queen 10, and I did all these actions up till the turn, and I bet the turn. Do we know his opponent is good? Because that matters a lot. Let's, let's assume the opponent is good. Okay. Let's just say that. Yeah. I like betting the turn better than checking, for sure. But would you? But overall, would you say like this is a well played hand? I do not. Th- I would not say that. I would say, what are you doing? Why are you doing any of these things? Of course, preflop. I would say, why are you choosing this hand to do this with preflop? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. That feels like you're clicking buttons. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case with Sean Winter. Of course not. But if it were my client, I would say I feel like you just wanted to three bet, so you did. Yeah. And your hammer and queen ten was a nail. And like, congratulations <laughs> to you. You found that. But post-flop, I think it makes sense what you're doing against this player that you've told me is a good player. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust you on that. Okay. Um, I'm still really not convinced about this turn bet. I'm really not. Uh, I think good players are going to call you, are, are going to know that they can't just fold everything against you, even if you triple barrel. Like Alex Fox and being a good player is going to understand that he can't be exploited. He doesn't want to be exploited. Yeah. So he's going to call down with the top of his range, whatever the actual top of his range is, mm-hmm. even if he has a range disadvantage. He's not just going to fold. I mean, and by the way, ace, queen, ace, jack are hands that he may have to call us all the way down with, right? Maybe. Um, they're pretty high up there in his distribution, for sure. Yeah. So... What are we really targeting here? We're targeting... If, if he, let's just take a moment and say he's probably not going to fold ace-queen ever. Whether that's true or not, go with me for a second. I'll that. go with you. I don't know let's if I Let's say agree. that's also true about ace-jack. Okay. Then what are we targeting if that's true? Then, then it's a really bad idea. Okay. Okay, good. So we can agree on that piece if, if the assumptions are correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I believe that it would be really folly to try and get him to fold ace-queen. Like... That seems crazy to me. Perhaps. Like, I, Alex Fox is going to say, he's like, what better aces do I have? Ace 10. That's it. What other better hands do I have? Okay, pocket 10s. Is there anything else? He'd say, no. He'd say, Sean Winter might be doing this. We're chopping sometimes. If Sean yeah. Winter goes bet, bet, bet. Maybe I'm even winning a little bit because maybe he's going to, probably not, but maybe, maybe, maybe. Also, if he knows Sean at all, he's going to say, well, Sean's capable of some weird stuff, so I have to hold on a little more. So Ace Queen's an easy call, is my guess. Now, I don't know about ace-jack. Admittedly, when, even when I said ace-jack, I was like, I don't know if he's really going to hold on fully with ace-jack here. Maybe we're going to get to find out. We'll see. I don't know what happens in this hand. I don't know the, the yeah. details. But, um, but it feels like that's the only thing we can reasonably target that's better than the hand we have, which is like, that seems like problematic. That's a very thin range of hands. So you want to check fold? I want to check and figure it out. I think a lot of time when we check, it's going to go check, check, and I'm not going to have to worry about it. Um, 
If Alex bets, I think the only hand he's betting is ace queen for value. I guess ace queen, ace 10, pocket 10s. Yeah. Um, but that's not very much. So maybe I can even check call. But, I'm, but, I'm, but if it's assuming the size is right, I'm probably yeah. just going to fold a lot. Yes. And then what? Ha- I mean, like, are that's you checking the river again on innocuous cards? Um, probably, yeah. But I may, yeah, I think I am. To check fold? Again, it's going to depend on sizing a lot. Okay. We're going to have to call a lot, I think, if, he's, if he sizes it small enough. He might even bet, like, jack-10 for value if we check both turn and river. That. Trying to get called I mean, by nines I mean, and I stuff just like that. I bit a lemon face when you said that. Like, that seems way off base to me. Really? Why? Yeah. To get called by nines? You really think nines is going to call that often if you're... With, if, if all the gut shots missed, all the spades missed, everything missed? Yeah. I think Alex isn't always going to bluff the turn with those hands. He's going to sometimes check back and bluff the river with those hands. Okay. I do think that. So you want to play this hand to check call effectively? Or check fold. I want to check the turn. Yes, I do not want to bet the turn. I want to stop being aggressive, bluffy Sean Winter. I want to be... I have a reasonable hand that can win at showdown, Sean Winter. Well, here's something that you're going to like. Oh, cool. The sizing. Okay. So Winter does bet. He bets 90K into 328. Jeez, that's so small. Well, he's trying to get called by all the things that he's beating. And he's also setting his price. Absolutely. All right. Yes. If we're going to bet this small, it makes me like it a lot more. You're right. Okay. This is not a traditional sizing. No. On the turn on this kind of a board in this spot, right? You're usually going to bet like a big chunky bet here. Right. So that is really surprising to me. And that is cool. Okay. I, mean, I think it that actually makes me like it a lot more. It actually makes sense with the story, right? He said he was like recognizing his range advantage. It, like if he were to have a good hand like Ace King, he's like, let me ensure they can get called by more of the range and make it so maybe you can call the river with some of your, your aces too. I mean, is that really the story? Isn't the story, there's a lot of gut shots, there's a lot of uh, spades here um, that I, wanna, I don't want to give a great price to. And when you have a good ace, you're going to call anyway, so I can bet bigger. Isn't that? Doesn't that make more sense? I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to call anyway necessarily all the time. With like, if, if Winter went like for a pot size bet, well, I mean, just think sixty percent of pot. Like that's a more sixty to seventy five percent of pot is more of a standard play at this point, yeah. right? Among these players, right? It's really interesting. Winter didn't do that. Really interesting. Uh, but I don't think that's like a bad story at all. If he had, you know, and I think that makes reasonable sense too with the strong hand. Well, Winter may also just be. The sizing may be based on his stack size. I mean, he's mm-hmm. like, so he does bet 90K and Fox and does call. Um, the pot's 508K and Winter's got 370, uh, 370 back. Okay, that's what it's about. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So he's trying to, he's trying to make it so that he's got plausible, a plausible threat on the river. Yeah. And he's also, tra- but it can, the story can be like, I'm trying to get, make sure I get called on the turn and now you're going to be forced to call me on the river with pretty good hands. Or at least I get the 90K if you fold the river. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, that makes with his stack size that makes more sense. You're right. Yeah, Fox and calling makes plenty of sense, right? There's not really any other play you can make against the 90k. I don't know bet. what else we're supposed to do. Yeah. So you hate everything Sean Winter's done so far, huh? Um, I'm okay with the, the flop bet, yeah. but I, and actually, if he's going to bet the turn, I really like the sizing a lot. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what I think about it. It just feels like I hate checking in any of these spots, but I understand why you want. We don't to. have to win every hand. I know. I feel like this is a hand Sean Winters seems to have decided he really wants to win, and I'm not really sure why. Hmm. And I don't know why he has to keep putting all these chips in this $300,000 buy-in event when, you know, there's going to be better spots. This is not a great spot we're in Okay, right I think I'm a, I'm, this is going to come off a bit wrong. I'm slightly frustrated with you right now. Okay. Because I feel like when we're dealing with a player like this, our job is to seek to understand, and I feel like you'd rather just shit on these plays in a traditional way. Then, oh, interesting. See, it's, it's funny because I was thinking as, as we've been having this conversation that I feel like you go, you bend over backwards yeah, in these spots too much for these players when they make mistakes. And, you know, like and if they're, they're high enough on the GPI or for whatever reason you've decided you respect them, you're going to um, give them too much credit. So it's interesting that we're, yeah. that makes sense then. We would see it, we'd see it each of these ways. Um, you're probably right. I should be seeking to understand Winter a little bit more. I think that's fair. Okay. Um, but I also think, I don't know if you agree with this, I think I'm also to some degree right that like you are so sure that Winter's right about this that you're, you're sort of like willing to throw out all traditional stuff because it's like cool and different. Which... That's, I could see how you would think that. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not so sure Winter's right about this. I'm not sure about this at all. Okay. Obviously, this all come, comes back to taking a hand that we would never three-bet preflop in his position. That's, that's what he did, right? Yeah. So By the way, 
I don't feel like I'm shitting on what he's doing. I'm not saying this is a terrible play. This is okay. all I'm saying. Here's what I want to do based on all my knowledge. Got gotcha. And they're like, and anytime, and we've certainly done this many, many times, right? Years we've done this yes. podcast. Years and years and years. Um, like, if you said something that made sense to me, I'd be like, hey, I like that. And actually, when you said he bets 90K, I, I did change my tone pretty quickly on that, right? Because I'm like, oh, I can see now more how this makes sense and yeah. how we can actually get called by worse hands, maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I just think the other thing is, since we're doing this, having this part of this conversation right now, uh, like, if, if we want to go down an experimental path, I think you also, like, there's a particular way you want to do it. So, like, when I said, if we check on the river, maybe Alex is sometimes going to bet Jack 10 for value, and you immediately threw that out. Like, I think you should be open to that a okay. little bit more. If you, if, like, if we're going to be open, these guys are doing different that's stuff. That's a fair criticism. Cool. I definitely had a reaction to that, and I still have that same reaction when you yeah, say that. But that's okay. That's okay to have that reaction. Yeah. I'm not saying, but I'm saying, like, we should, but we're basically, you're saying to me, try and be more open, because these guys are really good. And as we speculate, let's be open to all possibilities. And I need to take this on, too. I agree. Um, and go from there. We shouldn't do the super high rollers anymore. It's too hard. It's so hard. I mean, these guys are doing such crazy things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. And that's part of what makes it great. That's why we want to do these things. So we want to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. So I don't know why Sean Wilters... But I don't know why Sean is doing this. That's I, what I'm saying. I think... Maybe maybe we should try to use Occam's razor more frequently in these spots okay. because that might be the actual answer. Yeah, this is just the much easier way to play the hand, and he gets to put in a small amount of chips anyway. Yeah, and he's and yeah, right. If he feels I'm going to check call a small bet, I get to make the bet myself. Maybe someone's going to call by a worse hand, charge the draws instead of letting them blow me off the hand, and it leaves more options more. open for me on future streets. Every right. time I'm the one who's the aggressor, I have more options on future streets that make sense. No question about yeah. it. Um, and you know, it's really hard to put me on this hand when I do this, yeah. which is both good and bad. Good, good in that it's hard for Alex to figure out what to do. Bad because, like, you probably shouldn't have this hand <laughs> yeah. very often, at least. Maybe maybe a little bit, but not very often, at least as a, you know, a general poker concept. Maybe right. in this specific situation is different. Yep. Okay. It's just a very, it's a very strange hand. Yes, it All is. thanks to Sean Winter. Everything, Super strange. Everything Alex Foxen has done makes perfect sense it's, to me. Yeah, exactly. It lines up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, here we are. Okay, great. Winter bets 90K, Fox and Calls. Great. Pots 508K. The river is the four of spades. It completes the flush drop. Wow. Ace of hearts, 10 of spades, six of spades, four of clubs, four of spades. Okay. Big question. Do we go for it as Winter? And Mm -hmm. by go for it, I mean a couple things. One, we could bet like 90K again and hope on a (laughs) wing and a prayer to get called by a weaker hand. Wow, that's a bad idea, I think. Seems like it. We might get exploited if we did that. Yeah, and also the weaker hands on this card really... I think pocket nines just have to fold on this card right. too much. Or we basically go for a shove or a shove-ish mm-hmm. and are clearly bluffing. Right. Or we could check and give up on yes. this card too. Now, we have the queen of spades in our hand. And as you've mentioned many times, we do have the top eight range advantage, which feels meaningful here. Now, like having pocket aces is kind of great. Having pocket tens is pretty good. Um, and that, like, we've got the full houses... Alex has, Alex has pocket tens, but less of them than we do, I think. Yeah. Of course, we have a ten in our hand, so we block. We block. I mean, we won't have to really worry too much about blocking pocket aces, but we block pocket tens. So Alex doesn't really have... We block full houses, and we block spade draws. Yeah. The big ones. That makes me feel like, well, geez, if there's a good time to do it, probably this is a good time to do it. Yeah, I mean, forgetting how we got here, Yes. this might be one of our best bluffs. Yeah. Blocking not only tens full spades that have a queen in them, which are going to be a lot of the percentage of Alex's spades based on preflop, and, uh, and also ace-10. Yeah. Which By the is, way, I said we block pocket aces. Of course, we no, don't. We, don't. we have queen-10, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we, block, we block all those things really nicely. Alex does not rate to have pocket aces almost ever. Right. Uh, and play them this way. Forgetting about, like, even preflop he doesn't rate to have, but even post-flop he doesn't rate to have it either, almost ever. I think he raises the turn a huge amount of the time. Assuming, assuming we don't turn the ace-x with the ace of spades only into a bluff, which I don't see why we I would. I don't know why we'd do that. Is this tied for our best bluff with jack-10 off with the jack of spades and king-10 off with the king of spades? I think it is. Probably king-10 off is the best, but yeah, yeah they're all really good. Yeah. So we kind of have to go for it in a field like this? Yeah. When we now up. I think we have to go for it. Now yeah. this card specific... I don't want to do it on every card, but I feel like the board pairing spade is like yeah. the dream. The dream bluff card so the okay every now he, now can he call with ace jack and ace queen? I don't know if he can call with ace queen. He now now I feel like he has to fold his ace jacks. Like we're going to successfully fold that ace jacks when the spade comes and the board pairs. So 
let me bring this back a little bit to how winter has played the hand in its entirety and try yeah. to see if maybe maybe once we're here we can see like based on the potential results that can happen how there are, is maybe some benefit to what he's doing that we can't see in the moment okay. right like this outcome of him having this perfect bluff scenario is not really possible if he checks it any other time um that is that's absolutely right yeah yes so Maybe it's hard to see that thread when you're in the middle of it, but maybe maybe he's doing stuff like this frequently enough to put himself in scenarios that other players don't end up in. And I don't know what the methodology is to arrive at that. And it feels a little strange and a little spewy. But maybe there is something to that. I don't. I, I can't really explain it's, it well. It's hard to know, yeah. right? It's hard to know if it's actually plus EV or negative EV. I mean, he's the number six GPI player. It's probably plus, plus EV to do stuff like this. Against Alex Fox in, in, in this event, I don't know if it's plus EV or not. Um, and I'm sure he is thinking, though, all the way through, okay, well, on this flop, I've got the queen of spades. So not, just, not really that I've backdoor spades, but I block spade draws, yeah. and I can rep that if I feel I need to rep that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's aware of having the 10 blocks 10s full. Mm-hmm. He, can rep, he can rep stuff with that, too, easier. He's got things he can, you know, I'm sure he's thinking about that the whole time, if particular, I'm sure he's thinking, like, well, on these rivers, I can bluff on these rivers. I shouldn't. My concern is, like, I'm not sure what rivers he's giving up on. That's think- my concern. I wonder if the whole like three bet big and then small bet, small bet thing is like a piece of his style yeah. that is intended to keep it so that all of his options are open. He can get to the river and he puts himself in spots where he has relatively easy bet folds if he gets raised. And when he gets called, he leaves his options open and he has rivers that he chooses to bluff on that make tons of sense and rivers he gives up on. And he doesn't lose that many chips post-flop because he chooses these small sizings. He also, um, by going small bet, small bet, he keeps so much of Foxen's range around that isn't super strong. Yeah. Like, it's so hard for Alex with a really strong hand, I think, to go just call, call. Right. It's possible, of course, I'm sure he's going to do it at least some, but on this wet aboard, do you really want to just let Sean set the price, the super cheap prices when he could be drawing on you? You have ace-10, are you really just going to go call, call? Right. So, like, it's easier to eliminate, forgetting about the fact we have the 10 to block ace-10, it's just easier to eliminate some of the really strong hands that are going to be able to call this. Yeah. We also could decide that when the spade comes, Alex has a lot of raises with some of his spades. Now, probably not a huge amount when we're betting this small and we're the three betters, but he's got some at least. So we can eliminate some spades, and we have the queen of spades in our hand. You put that all together, that makes it a better play too, I think. So this is just speculation based on this hand alone. Yes. And... Alex Winter being very successful. Yes. But I wonder if this is stylistically a thing that he's like really bought into this idea of like, I'm going to be the aggressor. I'm going to make small bets post flop all the time. I'm going to bet in spots where most people will never bet. Yes. But I will always have more options open to me than they have hmm. by the time the river comes around. Yeah. Well, that's what it feels like ended up happening this yeah. t- in pra- practical yeah. terms anyway. I mean, so yeah. So did you say what he actually does? He, he does go basically all and he yes. leaves himself 15K. Yeah, 355 one, of 370. One and a half blinds. Fox and ultimately folds. I think that makes plenty of sense with this combo. I think maybe he calls if he has the ace of spades, but I think that only happens if he has ace queen because I don't think he has ace jack off. I think you're probably right with all of that. I think he doesn't love calling with the ace of spades, but I think he does call with the ace of yeah. spades in his hand. Maybe if he's ace queen with the queen of spades instead. Maybe he does that. Maybe yeah. he does the same thing. Any ace queen combo with a spade. Yeah. Because other than that, his ace axes are all flushes or or no spade. Yeah. So and he just doesn't have enough spades yeah. in his range here to right. only call with those. Yeah. And he doesn't have enough full houses to only call with those. So he's got to call with something else. Ace queen with a spade makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, do you think Winter could just bet a little less here? Yes, I kind of was wondering about that because. Yeah. Like three hundred k, leaving yourself one point five blinds has some value, but like maybe we could leave six? ourselves seven blinds. Yeah, or, you know, it just seems like practically, aren't you getting the same folds out of Alex? You've got three hundred or three fifty. Yeah, that feels like a just a marginal mistake that might add up over time if you do it a lot. Yeah. Now maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is actually a difference in the frequency that Alex calls. I don't know why there would be, but maybe there is. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's that winter when he bets these polarizing amounts on the river, he has it enough that like betting. Most of your stack ultimately is worth more mm. for the times you get called yeah. versus the times you get called and you're left with only one and a half blinds. Maybe. Um, and at least you preserve the one and a half blinds. When I mean, yeah, it's yeah. better than going all in. Yeah. But it, it does seem like, why not 330? Why not 300? Why yeah. not 320? You know? Either but, way. But still, I mean, that, this, that's obviously an unbelievably small nitpick. I find this to be a fascinating hand. Yes, me too. Yeah. This is, I mean, we really got into it on that yeah. one. We almost never like... Air frustration. I know. But there we go. And it was good. I think it was good we did. It's healthy. It's wide open here on Poker Guys HQ. Right. You we, know? Sure, we certainly don't edit anything. That's for sure. 
And ultimately, Sean Winter did get third in this tournament, which yes. was a big deal because fourth didn't get paid and third got a million dollars. Yes. So he made $708,000 profit. Had Alex called, I'm guessing he wouldn't have done I'm gonna so. I'm going to guess he would have not taken that 15K and gone to third. But maybe, maybe he wins But maybe he would have found a way to, to somehow bet flop turn and river with that 15K. <laughs> get a fold on the river. <laughs> He'd have to, like, old school, like the Casino Royale, where he, like, goes into his pocket, takes up the keys yeah. to the car, and throws it in the pot. Yeah. But, you know, why not? Why not? Anyway, we will be back with some solver stuff. All right, let us find out what the solver had to say about this fascinating hand. Yeah. Solver work was done by Danny Sprung. If you want to see Danny's full write-up on the hand, check out our Discord. It's in the uh, link in the description of the podcast there. A lot of fun on Discord. This handle will be on there. Danny will post his work. So let's go chronological here. Okay. Um, on the flop, didn't feel like as impactful as the rest of the hand. And, right. But, you know, Winter's supposed to bet almost his entire range for a small size, which makes sense on this board texture. I think we talked about that even. Fox is supposed to call 90% of his preflop range. Um, everything except under pairs to the 10, which you wanted him to call with pocket I nines. think Not even that I wanted to. I just assumed he always is. You're just a fool. Well, I think I think he probably is. Just because Pio doesn't want him to doesn't mean he isn't going to do that. <laughs> he's not going to do... He's not playing perfect Pio, as we'll see as we continue to go through oh. this. Oh, Wow, you're just going to spoil yep, Pio now. I'm spoiling it. You spoiled Aladdin 2 for me, and now you're going to spoil Pio for everybody else. Jafar is the hero of Aladdin 2. He kills, I he can't kills believe... Simba, and it's the right play. First of all, I'm still a little bit at odds with the Simba killing part of, of the, se- the second Aladdin. Because I, I think you're not taking into account the entire Simba library of, of things that Simba's done. You're yeah. just looking at Simba as presented in Aladdin 2. Yeah. Well, you know what? You live, you live long enough to become the villain. That's one of the things, right? And Simba lived long. Yeah, yeah. No, it's elder, elderly and, Simba. And then he became the bad guy yeah. of Aladdin 2, and Jafar had to kill him with that scimitar, and did. Yeah. Simba was really racist. <laughs> That's why he died. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the solver. Yeah. All right. The turn is where we started having our disagreements. For sure. Uh, the solver likes my side of things. It does. It wants Winter to bet his exact hand small 100% of the time. Let's talk about it, because we, we just had a discussion off-air, but I want to I recreate that, because yeah. I think it's interesting. So it wants, yeah, it always wants him to bet Queen-10 for a small bet, which is definitely Grant's side and not mine. It says, interestingly enough, that Foxen is calling almost all of his range. So I said, so why would it want him to bet, right? Like, yeah. why would it want him to bet at 10? If it knows Foxen is calling, think about what the range that's calling you. And Grant had a pretty good answer to that. Yeah, that means he's calling with all of his gut shots, yes. which are still here, and Jack-10, which is nice, too. Right, but I mean, yeah. that's the only made hand that's calling. That, yeah. That's not good enough. But yeah, the gut shots, though, is good enough. And of course, if we're betting 90K, which is what Sean does here, he um, he probably would have checked call the 90K bet anyway. Right. And as you said, it keeps his options open. Right, it preserves his ability to have more in his range and do more things on the river if he feels it's an, an apt play. It's really interesting. But it, it, the, the solver wants him to do it, and Sean basically does exactly what the solver wants him to do on this turn, right? He bets small with this hand in this spot. So, that's, so it's like Sean, Sean's on top of it. It's possible that instead of all of my complicated theories about why Sean Winter is different, he's actually just really studying solvers super hard and actually playing close to solver perfect. Maybe. Or he just happened to this hand. Yeah. That's possible. Because, for, for example, the solver, I'm sure, well, anyway, it doesn't do pre pop stuff. We'll get to the river as we well, get to the river. I don't want to. The, the reason I say that, and I want to reiterate, I want to expand on that a little okay. bit, um, is because, you know, I before we even really talked about this hand analytically, I identified Sean as playing a little bit differently you than did. the other high rollers. And we are often confused by what the solver wants to do, right? Yes. So maybe Sean is really, truly <laughs> diving as deep as you possibly can into the solver and really okay. studying hard every spot. Maybe. And, and actually doing it as close to a human can. Who knows? Perhaps, perhaps. Anyway, Foxen is calling almost his entire range. Of course, this is part of his range ace jack. Of course. He calls. All right, the river. This is a big question, too. Yeah. Um, It wants Winter to jam Queen 10 with some frequency, uh, but it prefers to have the 10 of hearts, which Winter does not have. So I guess it's not a perfect hand to do it with, but still it's okay with the solver to do that. So let's talk about what the board is and why the 10 of hearts would matter here. So the board is ace of hearts, ten of spades, six of spades. The turn is the four of clubs. The river is the four of spades. So what is the ten of what does having the ten of hearts do for us? Okay, let's figure that out. Yeah, because I'm not um, immediately aware of what the that ace is. of hearts is on the board. Yep. So ace ten of hearts is not well. Ace ten of hearts wasn't there anyway. Yeah. 
I'm not entirely sure. We don't block ace ten of hearts. Like if it was the ten of not hearts, it's like the ten of something. We could block ace ten of that, right? All right, this is a great a great time for somebody to jump in on the Discord and yeah. come up with an opinion on why the solver wants the ten of hearts. I can't come up with an obvious answer here. Uh, okay, great. So yep. we don't know that. Yep. <laughs> Either way, it's fine to jam the queen ten, which he doesn't exactly jam, but it's close enough. Um, it never folds any ace as Foxen. It thinks Foxen's supposed to call 100% of the time with all of his aces. Yeah, it doesn't think Sean's always supposed to jam queen 10 either without yeah. the ten of hearts, to be clear. And right. we don't know. We, we, Danny's analysis didn't tell us. He just said it's a reasonable river jam, which I'm taking as around 50%. Something like really that, knowing. yeah. Um, but yeah, once every ace combo for, of Alex to call, Alex, of course, does not call with maybe one of his very best ace combos. Yeah, we, we thought he could have ace queen off yeah. and ace queen suited so sometimes. Like the, the, there's, this is the 17th, tied for the 17th best combo, basically, right? Yep. Or even actually less, there's an ace on the board. I do wonder if the roles were reversed here, if uh, Winter would have done exactly what the solver would do. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, Danny says, I'm not sure what Pio sees that Foxen d- didn't. This is a slam dunk call from its perspective. It's kind of interesting that Foxen finds the fold. And it, it, makes, it actually reminds me a little bit of the Adamo hand that we did against Bill Klein, where Adamo had the queens against Bill Klein's ace jack. And Klein four bet pre and went bet 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 on a jack high board. Yeah, and uh, and they were the two big chip leaders at the time at this final table, the super high roller ball three hundred k buy in, and it was the hand that really boosted Adamo because he called on the river with the two queens. Right, um, and I wonder if Adamo is aware, sort of similar, like I may hate it, but this is just a call. Yeah, and so I have to do it, and he's like willing to do that, and right. thus he gets all the rewards for that. I don't know. I'm just, but I'm asking. I'm asking because. If Pio thinks this is a slam dunk call and if Winter's trying to play somewhere close to solve or perfect, I would assume Alex would then be able to have a pretty reasonable response to that. But maybe he thinks he's exploiting Sean by folding here yeah. and, he's, and he's just wrong. Perhaps. Perhaps. Anyway, fascinating stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Check out the Discord if you want to chat about this hand. We'll be there. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home. And you gonna-